Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. It's yeah. so fun when you just pick them up. Yeah, whenever. Yeah, it is. It really is. It gives a, a a nice like improvisational feel. Yeah, like you just stumbled upon this room. Yeah, two really cool guys. It's like you stumbled upon a room where like your dad's jazz band is, is trying out a new tune, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if I understand what's going on here, but it sure is smooth. I, I dig it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the Ask Us Anything episode. We're going ahead and recording that. It's your boys. It's your boys. It's your boys. Andrew and John. John. Yon. Answering all of your That's Yon Speaker. <laughs> he is from... Yon Speaker. Uh, Austria. Um, so, okay. Ask Us Anything. Some of y'all wrote in because... You're true fans, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you um, so much for writing in. Yeah. It's first up. Let's get right into it. All right. Let's hear it. Um, we got Joshua Crowley. Probably no relation to Alistair Crowley. Ooh. But maybe so. He comes in with the question, Andrew, if you could collaborate with anyone on a piece, who would you collaborate with and why? Um... Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> like realistically, um, you know, Mr. Speaker and I have been talking about collabing lately. Yeah. He's finally got it into his into his brain that he needs to collaborate some more. So need to let those walls down and melt with other people's creative flows. Yeah get out of my own shit for a minute yeah man <laughs> but seriously i mean if you could pick anybody um well yeah i this is such a tough one you know um i really enjoy all my collaborations with bobby they're super fun loose fancy free uh <laughs> but you know um the one person i think that our styles would mesh pretty well together um i really like blake foster uh goes by sidewalks one so mm. i'd like to collab with him that'd be super cool yeah he's awesome um uh why would i collaborate with him yeah i think our our styles are sort of similar um and yeah i'm just a big fan big fan blake big fan uh, yeah i would i would love to see what that combination would be like. I didn't know you pronounced it sidewalks one. Yeah, sidewalks one, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I think. Or sidewalks one. I don't know if sidewalks makes more 
sense to me. Yeah, I thought it was like Sid. Watson. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast one day. He'd we be can, great. First question out the gate: How do you say your moniker? <laughs> um, yeah, he has he has so many beautiful color combinations and mm-hmm. depth, and he's got atmosphere. He's got depth. Yeah. He's got soft palette. You know, very nice guy too. I met him briefly yeah. at Jam and Jam a nice. couple years ago. Rad. Seemed like a sweetheart. Yeah. Probably be a fun dude to totally. work with. Totally, man. Uh, so, yeah, Blake, if you're listening, I'd like to collab with you. Let's see it happen. Um, no pressure. Either way, I realize that, uh, you know, logistics are involved and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. There's plenty of people I'd love to collaborate with. Um you know, Randall and Morgan. I started a small you piece are, with them. You are collabing with them. Yeah, but you know that's kind of like a, oh, we're hanging out. Let's let's bust out that old piece. Um, yeah, friends, just people who I'm friends with. I think Molly Molly Gardner and I have talked about collabing a lot, mm-hmm. and um, it's really never happened. So apologies to molly it's probably (laughs) my fault i'd imagine that's a funny thing right um that you would think uh given that question that you'd pick like the most high level crazy artist but then really it's like i just want to make great yeah i just want to make art with my friends yeah it's like honestly i have to be honest here it's like yeah of course collabing with someone like alex gray or any of the guys in further or even you know, other cats who are a bit more experienced would be super fun. But, um, you know, there's a bit of a, a learning curve. Yeah. If I, if I have to be honest. Well, they're like um, the goats of their generation. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't finish paintings quickly. Like, yeah. You know, um, however, that being said, the ones that I've done with Bobby, seem to go uh, 10 times as fast Mm. because it takes a lot of the pressure off me not only to come up with a cohesive idea and flow but also to you know some of the rendering duties and things like that so i don't know you never know anybody want to collab holla (laughs) and to be realistic too like you know people have asked are like oh we should collab sometime and that's that's cool and I'm glad that they do that but you know some of some of that there's a bottleneck there with experience I think um you don't you can't just collab with anyone yeah and, and you can't just um like say say an artist who's been painting for a couple of years asks me hey bro we should collab sometime mm-hmm. I I might just be like cool um, but if I, if I gotta be honest, which I'm, I'm being honest right now, um, you know, it's kind of like, look, young man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta put in some more work and some more time. And a lot of times, um, you know, there's the risk, like if I were to ask Alex Gray, you know, he'd probably in some really gracious way decline my offer. Exactly. Because he's been painting longer than i've been alive yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) straight up yeah 
and so there's this there's kind of a thing there you know yeah it's like mm. it, i feel like sometimes people ask other people to collab just because it's going to be of benefit to the person mm. who's less experienced yeah you like oh well, if i andrew's like he's doing it people know who he is so if i can like sneak in there and yeah make a painting with him that'll boost or, me up or, and not even me but even just i know a lot of other artists at my experience level get asked the same question so it's kind of like it's cool that the person's that enthusiastic and confident yeah. in their abilities and, and where they're at and no diminishment towards that keep doing you keep doing what you yeah. do take a chance but you know what's cooler than taking the chance is to work really fucking hard. Yeah. So maybe somebody who's like an art hero to you that you want to work with. will ask sees you. Sees your shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, I dig what you're doing. Let's yeah, do yeah. something together. Yeah. There's something a little more beautiful, mm-hmm. less vampiric about, um, you know, put your ass in a chair. Totally. And do the hard work. To, totally. Um, and don't take it personal if someone is like, no thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just don't take it personal. Cause you know, I know, you know we're what? all sensitive little artists. Yeah. But, you know, you just got to... Uh, and maybe Blake would be like, eh, you know what, dude? No. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, he was just kind of the first person that came to mind. Also, I should, I should mention, um, as long as we're calling people out here, uh, I did a collab with Chris Bolin, and that was pretty awesome and okay. really fun. Chris is a fun dude to work with. And, um, yeah, he still needs to finish it. <laughs> it's in his hands, but he's got a big show coming up. So, uh, you know, no shade there at all. Much love to Chris and all the other people I've collaborated with so far. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my whole, that, you got a little more than you bargained for with that question. <laughs> um, Mr. Crowley. <laughs> Um, and so the next question, uh, he asked two questions, one for each of us. Uh, he says, John, would you ever paint using a giant brush? And what would you want to paint with that giant paintbrush? Hmm. So I don't know if the first brush is just like, um, a hairbrush. <laughs> well, but the second brush is definitely a, a paintbrush. So I do. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Sorry. So, I mean, I do tend to work with smaller brushes, very intricate kind yeah. of stuff. Mr. Detail. S- super dialed. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely want to work with larger brushes, larger canvases, you know. Um, unfortunately, where I live now, I don't have the space. It's pretty small in here. We're in John's yeah. studio right now. Yeah, I don't have the space to create gigantic paintings that would weren't using a gigantic brush but my life situation may hopefully be changing soon and i'm dreaming of stretching 12 foot wide canvases using gigantic brushes and uh as far as what i would paint i think it would just be a continuation of my art journey you know yeah whatever my style is or focus is Mm -hmm. i would love to just create larger versions of what i'm doing yeah and uh yeah flow Um, the idea of using a larger brush on a larger canvas and like having it be more of a, instead of just moving fingertips, like moving your whole body in a Mm -hmm. dance with a canvas and then slowly, you know, over months getting down to 
you know, number two size, tiny little brushes <laughs> and getting it totally dialed in. Well, the cool, cool thing about bigger canvases though, too, is, um, you don't have to be super detailed yeah. as much because, <clears throat> you know, to even look at a 12 foot canvas, you have to stand probably 12 feet away or something. Yeah. And at that distance, you just, you know, you notice what you notice. But I'm also like a, a psycho in my own creative realm. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't help but dial shit in. Yeah. So yeah, I know the feeling. I, I have this dream. Um, in a way, it'd be so cool to create gigantic paintings that look amazing mm. halfway across the room. And as you walk closer and closer to it, the detail is just mm. immaculate and pulls you in. Mm -hmm. And there's no stone left unturned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's as dialed in as, <clears throat> you know, a 24 by 36 painting. Sure. But 12 feet wide. Sure. So it might take you several years. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> But that's Sounds the thing like too. you're up for the challenge, though, if anybody is. Yeah. I mean, I believe Get me some big brushes, man. I'm ready to go. Right. I just need the space. Yeah. Um, so our next question, yeah, I'm going to be reading all the questions because um, I just got it pulled up on my phone if anyone was wondering. And Andrew's a better reader. Yeah, John didn't really learn how to read. <laughs> so I'm actually terrible at reading out loud. Are you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I was just kidding. John knows how to read, but <laughs> apparently not out loud. So great. <laughs> Jesse Hill. What's up, Jesse? Um, Jesse. Hey there, Andrew and John. Loving the podcast so far. You guys are really killing it for just... I guess I should just get to the question. Yeah. Because that's kind of like people big upping us, and that's cool. But um, what sort of interests, hobbies did you have prior to painting, and how did those maybe play an effect on you becoming an artist? Hmm. Uh, Jesse's Instagram is at Jesse, because we did say we would shout people out. Um, Crowley didn't give us his, as far as I know. If he did, we'll go back and we'll put it in there. Um, Jesse Hills is at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E underscore Jester, J-E-S-T-E-R underscore. So that's two underscores there. So thanks for the question, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Um, can I toss that question to you first, or do you want me to take it? Sure. So what was I doing before art? Yeah, yeah. Um, so growing up in high school, skateboarding dominated my world. And I think that totally influenced me because, um, you know, it's, it's art in motion. Um, what mm -hmm. trick you choose to do on what structure, you know, you're going out and you're visualizing, you know, uh, reality transformed for me when I was into skateboarding. So everywhere I went, all I saw was things to skate mm -hmm. and what trick could you do off of that? That would look cool. Nice. And then also with skateboarding was, you know, badass skateboard deck designs, mm. um, skateboard style, you know, every, you know, every notable skater has like their own kind of unique, uh, their world like mm. tricks they choose places they choose to skate the clothes they wear mm. everything like that i think was really creatively inspiring um so that was one of the big influences uh also in high school i was really into hardcore punk and hardcore metal music and i used yeah. to be like a, a front man in a band called mark Twain. <laughs> so i used yeah. to scream and it was uh you know i was like frustrated i was a frustrated teen mm. but 
it was a way of instead of just being like a stick in the mud, mm-hmm. instead I was taking that rage and going out it. and expressing myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, through like these cheesy songs. Um, super embarrassing. I hope nobody finds it. <laughs> <laughs> so like screaming and dancing and all that. And then another thing was, uh, it ties into the skateboarding, but I actually ended up going to college for video production. Mm. So, you know, video shooting, video editing. Um, in high school, I, I used to make skateboard videos. Mm. And then, I you know, I kind of studied that in college. Um, you know, it's a cool way. teaches you to look at the world in interesting ways. Yeah. How to take raw content and create it and do something interesting and fun to watch and all that. So I think those three things totally informed the artwork. I didn't even find art till after I graduated college and I was kind of, you know, depressed and confused. And I kind of had like an aha moment where Mm -hmm. I started drawing and, um, yeah, I think all those things totally informed me, uh, creative expression. It's been a common theme through my life. And I I just didn't click that. I was an artist till quite later, my mid twenties, but right. Just a general creative person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Sweet. you? Sweet. Um, huh, let's see where to start with that one. Um, in high school, I didn't really do much. I played, uh, actually, I played American football yeah. until my senior year when I quit. What position, man? Um, it's like tight end, wide receiver yeah. kind of guy. I don't know why, because uh, I'm, I'm very scrawny. <laughs> uh, it takes me, it takes a lot for me to, um, uh, put on any sort of weight. Um, yeah. So there was that. And then, but I did quit senior year because, you know, we were hanging out at my friend also named Jesse, his pool one day during the summer and, you know, doing the things, getting high, um, swimming in the pool, hanging out with chicks and I was like, mm, I don't want to go to two-day practices. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't any sort of like super like fuck you rebellion. It was more like nah, I don't, I don't think this is for me actually. Yeah, you just weren't into it. Yeah. So basically, I. Um, That's pretty revelatory, though, right? With, I mean, um, yeah. People's expectations of you. Sure. And, sure. And to follow your heart. To yeah. Be like, eh, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I'll never forget what my coach, uh, said to me, um, when I went in there, he, uh, sat down and I was like, you know, I'd missed two days and I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do this. And they're like, well, you're going to march in there and tell your coach. And I was like, okay. So I went in there and, uh, you know, he looked at me and he goes, I know a lot of guys, man, who, uh, who, who did the exact same thing you're doing now and not a day goes by that they don't regret it. (laughs) And I got to tell you guys, not a day goes by that I don't regret it. Um, But shout out to Coach Harmon because he was actually a pretty cool dude. Um, He just wanted what was best for you. Yeah. It's just a funny little quip from my (laughs) life there. He just thought I was fucking up, which at the time, I mean, I was. So basically, um, after that, I just kind of partied my way um, oh, I should mention, I guess I, I sort of picked up a guitar when I was like 16, around kind of the same time. And I would go on and off between like 
fits of like really dialing in and learning how to play it. And then, you know, kind of being like, uh, I want to socialize and figure all that out. And so it was, so in college got to be around age 19 or 20 and, um, excuse me. Um, (laughs) yeah. So around age 19 or 20, I really started diving into the guitar and that kind of coincided with, um, sort of a relative, uh, a revelatory experience, um, just in my, the nature of my own consciousness. Um, it wasn't anything necessarily psychedelic. It was more like a meditation style, just like feeling my own, feeling myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started a band with, uh, my two best friends, John and Duke, and we played in that band for about three years. It was really fun. We were called Symbionts and, um, yeah, the band kind of dissolved and my girlfriend broke up with me or I broke up with her. I can't remember, but I was, I was sad, sad boy for a little bit. (laughs) And that's when I found, oh yeah, I've been sketching and doodling all my life. And I just went, I just put the pedal to the metal and eventually started painting after that. Um, so yeah, definitely have been a creative person maybe who was, um, sort of told that creativity wasn't, or for some reason or another, I was under the assumption that that wasn't a viable path in high school Yeah, until, I was like, well, partying's a viable path. And then <laughs> I kind of, you know, real roundabout uh, way um, came came back to art, which is something that I had loved since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, definitely playing in a band and loving music informed me on even how to draw and to sketch. I used to put on Fela Kuti records and just kind of like, hit hit a line every time like the you know the the backbeat the sh, sh, mm-hmm. sh, 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 the shaker the big old shaker was going and just like hit that hit that beat and kind of so kind of revolved from the or evolved from like a rhythmic sense of uh music um so yeah that's uh the story of my life thank you <laughs> thanks for coming to my ted talk that's like you know and all these creative outlets inform each other and then i yeah. think one eventually one sticks or maybe in your case four of them you know like michael garfield you know he likes to create art and he's like scientifically minded and likes to give talks he makes music Mm -hmm. um so they all inform each other and they do it's just like whatever speaks to your heart wherever you are follow that see what happens yeah you won't be let down you'll be surprised that's for sure yeah um yeah so thanks jesse um appreciate the question uh the next person who wrote in is tom pink tommy uh tommy never met this guy in person um (laughs) so he has a silly question at first he says i have a pressing question colon on a scale from one to ten, what's your favorite color of the alphabet? Uh, well, we're not tripping right now, Tom, so <laughs> we'll get back to you. Seven. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was going to say six, but <laughs> close enough. 
Um, Great question, Tom. The other question, the, the, the super serial question, is what do you see as the biggest problem facing our world today? Example, climate change. And what role does painting or art in general have in overcoming that problem? Wow. We might spend the rest of the podcast on this one. Yeah. Um, before we dive in, Tom's Instagram is at Tom spelled with a zero, T-zero-M underscore pink at Tom Pink with a zero and an underscore. So, biggest problem. Huh. Man, I mean, I feel like all problems are interrelated. Yeah, and I think, um, I'm, I think, uh, at least from my perspective, I'm not drawn too much to uh, the activist um, spectrum mm. of the problems of the world. I think it's... Is it because nothing ever gets done that way? Well, because that it's... Um, I think it's... At least from my perspective, the biggest problem is people... Is individuals not taking full responsibility for themselves and mm-hmm. being fully integrated as a person so that I, I think... If you look out into the world and you see good guys and bad guys and friends and enemies, I think that's the biggest problem facing the world Mm. because we're all one collective happening. We're all one humanity and um, it seems popular to me to think whoever you are that you're on the good team. And the people that don't agree with you are on the bad team and that you're motivated by good and they're motivated by malice. Mm -hmm. And I think that perspective is the greatest, uh, the most pressing problem to me. And, 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 um, yeah, I, I think it's just taking personal responsibility, being vulnerable enough and recognizing the deepest darkness in yourself and the greatest light in yourself and realizing that that exists in everybody else. And then, um, from there, if everybody comes in a realization of that, we can actually do this thing together. And until that's overcome, it's going to be fighting. And, um, you're going to think that you're fighting for what's right but really you're um, just sowing deeper seeds of division between beings, which you, um, you create the counterpart. If you see yourself as the, the activist and you see others as the um, oppressors or whatever you want to call them, Mm. you're going to simply by engaging with the world from that perspective, you create the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the old Ramdas thing, you know. Hippies create cops. Cops mm-hmm. create hippies. Yeah, yeah. It's the identification. Um, so I don't know. It might not be the answer you're looking for. It's not as direct, but I think it's, uh, yeah. Ego transcendence, taking personal responsibility, and knowing, truly empathizing with everybody. Um, especially the people that you think are your enemy or that you disagree with. Yeah. At the core of them is love as well. Mm -hmm. And until we realize that nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that was man. That was that was deep analysis. <laughs> no joke. Um, and then the second part of that question is, in what role does painting or art have in overcoming that problem? Yeah, I mean, that's what art is all about. Is uh, transcendence of self. Um, personal responsibility to show up and do the work you do it excellently and the whole nature of creativity is um sort of transcending your own opinions thoughts ego states um and then you release nuggets you if it's tough right so like Mm -hmm. there's a responsibility for an artist at least for me as an artist is mm-hmm. I have to be healthy. I have to be paying attention to myself, to the world. Um, and I have to do a lot of hard work. If you want to call it that showing up and yeah. facing discomfort and sacrificing my body in a sense, however lofty that sounds mm-hmm. to creativity and transcendence yeah. so that, what I'm creating are echoes of the thing I was just talking about. Um, So yeah, I mean, and also a world without art would be so sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Art gets people outside of themselves. It shows them something beyond their self. Uh, When you see a cool piece of art, your problems disappear your you know your anxieties your depression are alleviated maybe for a second and you see a glimpse of something greater Mm -hmm. than what is already here and i think all the creative types are pointing towards transcendence Mm -hmm. whether they realize it or not and it um it's medicine for a sick world i think creativity in all forms is yeah and i don't know Hard agree. Hard, hard agree on that. Um, I don't even know where to start with the problems of the world. Um, Yeah, I (laughs) think it's kind of the divided mind, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, there aren't any simple solutions because from that, the seed of, you know, the dualistic mind comes the ability to be hoodwinked into thinking that yeah like you said you're on the good side yeah or that there are sides and it's bullshit i think more and more of what the evidence is pointing pointing to is uh that we're um we've we've got to get past that kind of thinking Mm -hmm. uh, if we're going to solve any of these problems on a concrete scale um how does art do that well um you know if you're making art um you're part of the solution i would say is yeah. a distilled way to put that um you're at least not contributing to the problem mm-hmm. um it's it's a form of optimism yeah and i agree it's yeah and you're not really as an artist as an artist uh you're not really um 
participating so much in the drama exactly of the world um yeah i certainly you mentioned climate change um i don't know if you wanted us to talk about that um you know <laughs> there's so many other problems too social problems that are happening right now because of these emergent technologies taking us into psychological realms of you know seems as if we're not resilient when really we are mm -hmm. seems as if we can't take you know like you know the old the old little nursery rhyme sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me is I don't think anyone even says that anymore <laughs> so it's just a big it's a big problem it's like you know if you wanted to talk about something like climate change um you know you gotta now be worried about who you might upset you know it's like stepping it's into just, a hornet's it, nest yeah exactly um we're all walking around on eggshells when you know 20 years ago before the internet really popped off everybody was just doing their thing and i do think it's a better world now than then but you know i don't I, yeah i don't really know man uh art just seems to be a, a way to kind of uh, detach um your emotions from the drama that is being uh shoved in your face when you uh pick up the telephone or the uh or the telephone the cell phone <laughs> when you pick up your cell phone and look on social media um so yeah i think yeah it's also a good way to work on yourself mm -hmm. a good way to explore your own darkness and your own light and develop good habits because you're not going to be successful unless you have some willpower and some focus and right energy right action right effort right thought you know so yeah in short uh it's the military industrial complex is the biggest problem <laughs> ban the cia um okay next question <laughs> um this is a long one i haven't read all these before let's see this is from Abby Rickett. I guess we'll tell you a little bit about Abby. I'm from London, 18 years old, and my Instagram name is Abby Rickett, A-B-I-R-I-C-K-E-T-T. -T. RTAF International, son. Yeah. Thanks for listening across the pond. Yeah. Abby. We really appreciate that. And uh, happy to know that we're, you know, reaching people all over the world. Um, so she has a website for young creative people, which is also on Instagram. It's called escapade.official. So check that out. Escapade.official. Um, cool. Young creative people. We need, uh, we need you guys inspired and articulate. And it seems like Abby is both of those things. Um, her questions are, for a level, I do art and photography, uh, but sometimes find it hard to be super inspired. I listen to music, 
go to galleries, etc. But I was wondering if there were any YouTube channels, documentaries, etc., that help you get inspired as an artist or just to be creative. And then, yeah, well, I guess we'll do that question first. She, she put two questions, so. So, where does inspiration come from? Uh, yeah, if, uh, specifically, if there are any sort of uh, YouTube channels, uh, documentaries, um, maybe inspiration outside of other medium besides um, besides painting. Hmm. You want yeah. me to go? Yeah, go ahead. I got a few things on deck. Um I really like a lot of film sometimes. Um, Stanley Kubrick is an amazing director. Uh, I would recommend any of his movies. Um, Eyes Wide Shut is really creepy and interesting. Um, Space Odyssey 2001. And you can kind of like, like in this, there's this scene, maybe you've seen it, Abby and others where um, in Space Odyssey 2001 where the kind of hominid creature throws up a bone in the air and it comes tumbling down into space and then it kind of turns into a space station. And that right there is human history. In the blink of an eye, it's, uh, it's here. It's from, you know picking apart the bones of dead animals on the savannas to gearing up for some sort of interstellar travel. Um, what a and, ride. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping that in mind, how short that seems and how, how Kubrick really captured that idea in just one image with no words. It, it relates to being an artist, especially a visual artist in that you only have a quick time to express something visually that can be, for me, uh, analyzed on many levels. Um, that's what I like about any good music or art is that you listen or look at it and you can listen and look at it over and over and over again. And as your life experience informs your perception the thing changes um i uh, an, uh you know I, i'd recommend listening to tool <laughs> 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 but seriously i would uh hey, did you hear they have a new album out yeah man <laughs> we could talk about that maybe we should dedicate a whole episode to fear inoculum because i really love it maybe I don't know. No, we, we <laughs> no. If we do, it'll just be me yeah, like talking on my phone. Um, so yeah, um, layers of meaning. Getting back to that re, um, you know, re-listenability or re-viewability. Find something like that. Uh, I really like listening to Terrence McKenna talk. He's just really good with words. He's really uh, eloquent, I guess, would be a better uh, way to say that. Yeah, um, Terrence McKenna is at the top of the list. Yeah. Huge inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Just for me, it's finding something that I can, that that just sparks you, you know, a, a documentary. Um, I really love music documentaries. 
Um, I'm a, I'm a Grateful Dead fan up to a certain point, and uh, they have a really great documentary. I believe it was by like Scorsese was the director or something. But it's a really great documentary, and you can kind of get inspired from one of the uh, the seeds of the current psychedelic base visionary art culture we're all um, continuing to build. This is a it's a funny question because we get asked this a lot. You know, every time my answer changes, um, but what what kind of my go to answer is is that first thing is knowing that you only have a limited time on this planet and trying to make the most long lasting deep thing that you possibly can. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, she was saying like she has hard time being inspired sometimes, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, so, let's go to the tape and look at that again. She says, but sometimes I find it hard to get, to be super inspired. Okay. So super inspiration happens once in a blue moon. Mm -hmm. And I think we have this, I think we have a a desire of some external stimuli uh, showing us the sign. So Mm -hmm. then we go on this wild ride of creativity. And I think um, we need to be wary of relying on inspiration um, I think inspiration comes and deep insights come when they come mm-hmm. and you can't force that to occur. Mm-hmm. It will happen in good time and space. So even if you're not inspired, make art anyway. Yeah. And sometimes when you think you weren't inspired, uh, you will a be. year later you look back at that piece and you're like, wow, I was so inspired. Yeah, I was on one or something. Yeah, so nobody knows what the fuck inspiration really is anyway. And it's, you know, it's cool when you feel really inspired, but most of the time you're not going to feel super inspired, and that's okay. And that's, everybody goes through that. Sure. Um, I don't know, like, I think I'm I'm inspired by everything in a way. Sure, yeah. I'm not, like, specifically inspired by things. Um I love to listen to podcasts like, you know, of course, everyone's favorite podcast or a lot of people's like Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. He has some interesting guests on there. Yeah. And, 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 just, and you know, two out of every three might be something you're not interested in at all, mm-hmm. but there'll be one and you'll just be like, wow, that guy knew a lot about quantum physics or yeah. whatever. Or, or anybody has on that, um, just anybody that's doing their thing and they're really into what they're doing. I find that inspiring to see somebody else really into something, even if it's not my thing. Like even, you know, even if somebody's like really into fighting and I'm not that into fighting, I, I can, I see at the core of it, it's an excitement for, um, integrating in life in this specific Mm -hmm. way. And that's really inspiring to me. Um, also like I love drum and bass music. Hell yeah. And that's inspiring. I love the tempos. Yeah. You know, like fast music. I don't know. It just drives my body and it like puts me into a creative zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, 
nature. Super. Oh yeah. Uh, like I don't go out in nature and then be like, I need to paint what I saw. But what what I think it does is spending time in nature, going for a hike, using my body. Um, it clears anxiety out of my system. Mm. I'm humbled by the beauty of nature and it recharges me. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to like come back to the canvas, sit inside and work. Yeah. And then uh, I had another good one. <laughs> I forget what it was. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, in, inspiration is... I find inspiration a strange thing to try to pin down because it, I think what it is, is if you can earnestly approach life, no matter what is coming at you Mm -hmm. and be present with what's happening, the inspiration in any moment is infinite and it's up to you to be present, to see it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's what I try to do. I just try to be open to what's coming at me and I don't, specifically try to get inspired Hmm. but the one thing i do have is if i ever feel really kind of lost or um just confused and kind of low uh a ramdas talk on youtube really sets me straight yeah um you know because he's a beautiful human being his his whole thing is he his practice is loving everything and if life ever feels heavy or you don't feel like you're good enough or that you're, you're just having a rough go of it, I mean, throw on a Ramdas talk and you'll, you'll feel right as rain on the other side of it. So definitely, I agree. He's, uh, I mean, I'd say from my perspective, he's an enlightened person uh, who really can dive into the mechanics of how to love a little bit better, how to you know, be happy, um, or be inspired. Um, something, uh, that you said I wanted to build on was that I think Tom Waits said in an interview once that, you know, inspiration, uh, or as some people call it, the muse strikes in the most random of times and places. Sure does. And you just kind of have to be, you know, it kind of has to find you working already. Yeah. It's it's not just make yourself available. Yeah, you have you have to kind of make the initiative step to be like, well, I'm going to work on this in it every day and hopefully my friend from another dimension shows up and yeah, blasts me full of energy and ideas and excitement. Um cuz you never know when an idea is going to come. And mm-hmm. if you're say out in you know, with your friends or something walking around town, walking around old London town and uh, you look at something and you say, Oh, I really want to paint that or, or I'd like to photograph that, but I'm not in my studio. That's kind of, that's kind of maybe the wrong attitude. Yeah. You just got to be at the ready Mm -hmm. hands, ready to go. Mind open, (laughs) heart open, mouth shut. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't know. Talk all you want. But um yeah, I think that that you just uh have to be working first and that sort of invites uh inspiration in. Yeah. Be. You're showing up. Like all you can do is just show the fuck up every day. Yeah. And yeah. 
the inspiration will find you. Absolutely. Um, Abby's second question is also what things helped you be more creative as in what habits did you stop and what did you start and do and realize it helped you to generate more ideas for your work? So I would recommend, um, so when you start making art, each piece is kind of heavy. It's like this whole thing and you're trying to figure it out. So what I would recommend is create a fuckload of small pieces that don't require a ton of commitment. Experiment with as many ideas as you can. Anything that you feel like you want to try, get it out of your system. It's like college like relationships. College relationships. College yeah. Relationships. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was just, I'm trying to riff over here. Anyway. But yeah, crank out tons of ideas. Just do it. And then you'll, by doing that, like you don't even have to try that hard in a way. Mm -hmm. Just show up and keep making a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start finding out like, oh yeah, I don't like when I do this. I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. I like when I do this, I'm going to do more of that. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to get ideas out of you as much as possible. And I think I found like the more I've made, like the more paintings and drawings I've made, uh, the less heavy each one feels and I'm just kind of free to create, mm. but there's a lot of groundwork. There was a lot of groundwork for me until I felt free creatively, but there's something from my personal sp perspective, the brute force of like constantly creating something at a certain point broke and now I can just <laughs> make stuff. Yeah. And so there's that, right? And then there's also get proper sleep. Um, eat healthy, take care of yourself, exercise, <laughs> you know, yeah. live, live like what we all have different things that we're into, but find a healthy lifestyle that grooves with you personally. And, um, I think finding balance in a healthy lifestyle allows you to be able to show up to create earnestly mm -hmm. at any, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. But if you're, you know, taking a bunch of Adderall and staying up for 25 hours and then you're crashing and, you know, you're like, you're not available. And right. so. And that yeah. might even, you know, for, if I can just pick up, uh, the, just experiment too. Like mm. the, the Adderall thing, you know, pushing yourself like that might be useful in the beginning. There are no, you know, there aren't any rules um i think the gist of what you were saying was more like just take care of yourself yeah um something i'd add to that is you know don't don't take too many social cues um from people around you especially no offense being 18 years old um there are probably a lot of people who aren't on the creative path and um, you know, something I wish I would have done earlier is just like you were saying, just grinded, made more art. Yeah. Um, and you know, listen to your mind, listen to your body. If like, if you're like, well, okay, I'm going to be sober for a while. And you find yourself at the easel, not being able to 
create because you you really want to smoke weed or something. Yeah. Let yourself yeah. smoke the weed. Yeah, smoke the weed. But it it's more about not not having any rules really. I think part of the reason why we create is to have part of the reason I create for sure is to have some freedom mm. at least on the 2D surface that I'm creating on. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got to you got to kind of make your own hierarchy of values and what you're aiming for ultimately. Um and ultimately you know what's good for you. Right. Listen to that voice. Exactly. Exactly. Like we want to empower you, the listener, you know, and like we all have, (laughs) we all have that voice inside of us telling us exactly what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And like, it's more tune into it. Yeah. And don't, you know, you, you don't get to lie to yourself. It's true. So like you can try and you're going to feel like shit or you could pay attention to that thing inside of you. That's letting you know exactly how to move forward you know yeah you might think you don't know but you know you might think that we're wise or something um and maybe we are a little bit but we're but also, maybe we're not maybe we're just dumbos and we're not you that's the point is yeah. that we don't know your unique context of inspirations and ideas and situations you find yourself in mm-hmm. oh one thing i did want to say is that there's something of there's this balance that you'll have to strike and maybe you'll work hard enough right now at your young age to not have to worry about it too much, but there's a balance you'll have to strike between uh, supporting yourself and making art. From my own experience, I would advise, um, don't quit your job too early. Yeah. Um, I did that, uh, and at the time, it you know, it felt, felt right, um, but really my work wasn't up to par, and uh, yeah, I would just say, Support yourself in any way that you can. Support yourself enough so that you can make art every day. And when you, if you get to a point in your art career where you're really struggling and the next painting has to sell so that you can pay bills and make rent, your painting's going to suffer. The yeah. work is going to suffer because too pressure, there's anxiety. too much pressure. There's... Um, a lot of worry surrounding your, your work. And it's, it was weird because when I finally went back to a job, uh, a lot of the stress went away and my work really started to blossom Mm -hmm. and also remove all those obstacles that are getting in your way. Um, it might be a relationship. It might be, um, cookies, you know, I don't know what (laughs) it's going to be, but again, you have your own, unique set of experiences and situations yeah okay so hope that answers fastest abby (laughs) thank you kindly uh luke hi my name is luke luke is at warm planet all one word on instagram at warm planet luke he says he's decided he wants to dedicate his life to getting better at painting and making things. That's awesome, Luke, especially in context about uh, what we talked about earlier from, uh, I think, Tom Pink's question about the the problems in the world. Yeah. Um, so Luke here says, you both have your own recognizable style. How did you, quote unquote, end up with your current style? 
Have you tried many styles which formed into your current one? What uh, was it inspired by someone else? And do you ever make paintings outside of your style? That's uh, a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, let's start with um, the first one. How did you end up with your current style? Um, I think uh, our friend Kevin V. Hill, Mr. Melty, said it best. I didn't find my style. My style found me. Yeah. And I think just make art and a style happens. Like, right. I, th- I think it's... Um, yeah, if you try to focus too much on like having a style, it's going to be contrived. Yeah. Instead, just like make stuff. And I don't know if I have a recognizable style. Maybe sometimes I, I don't know. Everything, everything that I make is my style. It's yeah. like it can't not yeah, be. That's exactly. the point. Is that, you know, of course, at first you're gonna you're gonna copy, and emulate and mimic, but then. You know, after a while, you just flow. I think flow is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Letting go of any preconceived notions of how something needs to look in the end. And just coming up with your own style, it's just going to be a natural outgrowth of you as a being, <clears throat> you as a personality, you as your preferences, influences, tastes, humor, all that stuff will, it, it, it's almost like it automatically goes into the painting. Yeah. I guess, you know, like I don't even think about style when I make a painting really Yeah. anymore. I just, um, I used to I just ha- do I, the damn thing. I think I used to really have, I used to really hone in on that too. Like the mm-hmm. style thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think what it is, is after years of creating, you look back and then you just see, that you have a style. Yeah. But while like, you're oh. kind of developing, you might not see it yet, mm-hmm. but just keep making art. And I think something also, cause he was talking about like inspiration, right? Yeah. And it's something to be wary of. Um, you know, as I was, I was creating art and then, um, I was hugely influenced by Randall Roberts, Morgan Mandala. Mm-hmm. We're great friends now. And like, there was a period in time where I was kind of like emulating their style, but also doing it very much in my own way. And I think that's something to watch is, um, it's cool to emulate artists that you like, right? but then at a certain point you have to be able to kind of like, uh, realize that like, Oh, I'm kind of just doing yeah. what this person does, but it, it can be a really good vehicle for you to hone in your skills yeah. and technique because you will unique, like I uniquely kind of honed in uh, my own sort of technique by emulating yeah. flows of another artist that I liked. And we all do that. Exactly. That's in the beginning for yeah. sure. Um, you know, this, I think maybe in our last podcast, I think Peter mentioned like musicians have figured out, Oh no, that was collaboration, but still in the music world, Mm-hmm. People have figured out that, like, you know, no one owns the three chord progression. Yeah. You know, uh, lots of reggae artists cover soul, and lots of soul artists cover other soul artists from back in the day, and no one's butthurt about it. Exactly. You don't want to be ripping people off. 
but yeah, you know, it's a I fine mean, line. Cause like, and nobody owns reggae. Right. And no like, one owns reggae. If, no one if, owns the, if you're not the like Paisley. a big fan of reggae, yeah. it might all kind of seem stylistically the same, but then it's like, it's this meeting place mm-hmm. from which everybody puts their own unique spin on it and style yeah. as well. Yeah. So there's like genres of creativity that you can dive into, but then you have to find a unique voice within there too. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. And I think that, um, as for your other question, was it inspired by someone else? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, um, you know, I think it's really hard to be an artist in, and take psychedelics and try and capture that experience without being influenced right now in this day and age, um, without being influenced by guys like Alex Gray, Robert Venosa, Mm -hmm. uh, the further collective. I mean, I see, I see few people who aren't, you know, influenced by that because we're all just, we're all in the wake of that, you know, we just are. And, and it's not, and it's cool to explore those kind of memes or themes or, or whatever you want to call it. But, um, for me, I think it's important to, if you're looking for quote unquote, your own style, um, it's important to remember that you don't want to try and reinvent the wheel. Mm, Yeah. That's just a, a fool's errand. And, um, yeah, good you, luck being totally unique. Yeah, and you don't want to, but at the same time, you don't want to just be boxed in to say like, "Oh, I'm a landscape painter," or something. Um, so there's this. This is a good question. There's this uh, fine line you got to walk. I think knowing that you're inevitably influenced by something or someone is important, and then also making sure that it doesn't look or sound or read like the people who came before you. It's like if you're making, I don't know. Oh, it's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. If you're making paintings, for instance, and you love Alex Gray and like, who doesn't you want to, you want to just find this line of like knowing that that influence is in there and just painting and, but not, and if you see something come up, that's too, that's too just obvious that Mm -hmm. just smacks of like, Oh man, people are going to know that that is just like me kind of riffing on something someone else has already done. Stay away from it. Um, but at the same time, you know, again, we're all influenced by each other and we may all just be like looking at the same landscape or, or, you know, and the same figures in that landscape. Yeah. But like, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Just be honest with yourself. Yeah. I guess like, I think that's the most important thing actually. Create earnestly and be honest with yourself about, uh, you know, how much you're emulating somebody or, I don't know. I would say maybe doodle a lot too. Yeah. That's a great way to uh, get to the core elements yeah. of um, your unique style and flow. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I might like to mention that um, I started making art really before the internet was a a big thing. Mm. Um, So, you know, I didn't see my first Venosa piece or my first further piece till well after I had been painting. Um, I knew Alex Gray because he's just kind of ubiquitous with tool and everything. Um, but yeah, I think maybe there's an advantage to that. Maybe get off the internet for like two months and see what <laughs> yeah, your mind, right. see what your mind generates it because there is something to like looking at images and knowing that those images get embedded in you. It's like, it's like eating food. If you're consuming media, it's going to, it has to go somewhere. You have to digest it somehow. So, and I'm not going to follow my own advice um, about getting off the internet, but <laughs> yeah, two if months. you want to, you know, just throwing it out there. Um, it's definitely not going to go. Off the oh, internet and the last question months. he says, and do you ever make paintings out of your style? Um, yeah. We were talking about this earlier on the phone, actually. Like, I don't think you really can. It's all I, our style. Yeah. It's like, even if you picked a whole different subject matter, a whole different palette. Yeah, exactly. Like John's pointing at this still life that he painted, I think probably before we met each other. Yeah. Way before when I lived in Philly, but it's still, I mean, it's still is like, Oh, that's definitely John. me. So, So, yeah. Yeah. We do get out of our style, but everything I create is my style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So we have one last question, which, um, serendipitously enough came to us this morning even though we had been planning to do the ask me anything for a couple days now ashley marquez 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 says good morning john and andrew thanks for creating rtaf for us peeps on the same wavelength you're welcome and for those who aren't too it's been a blast listening to your conversations about anything and everything if your mind space was at its was its own universe, what would it be called and what would it be like? Oh jeez, my uh, mind oh, space. Oh, this is sincerely Sunshine Cat, our oh, our friend on awesome. uh, on Instagram. Thanks for all the support, Ashley. Yeah, you're great. You're really awesome. And so that is her on Instagram at sincerely sunshine cat all one word. She's got a really cute fun art style. Check mm-hmm. her out. Yeah. Um, so if your mind space was its own universe, what would it be called? (laughs) And what would it be like? I think like the undulating imaginarium of truck Norris, (laughs) because you know, like I'm from Kentucky and like people drive trucks there, I guess. (sighs) I don't know, man. Um, that's a really good question. It's a fun question. That's a tricky one. It's, It's, um, well, it'd be like a. What if I could just title it a book? It'd be called like. On the spectrum. No, not that. <laughs> it'd be called. Um, um, this one's stumping me. Um, um, it'd be called. Um, uh, <laughs> it'd be called. Um. Uh, it'd be called. Um. The end. <laughs> We're gonna have to heavily edit this part. No, we're leaving it in. It's going to be raw. It'd be called, ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah. Um, 
I had a good thought. Should Woo I go on mine? Tang. Do you need time? Woo Tang. Um, yeah, go. <laughs> go. Well. Save it's, me. It's not like the funnest name. It's not like quirky, but maybe my mind verse would be called, I came up with the, the word God funnel. <laughs> because you can't say God. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm not scared. Of, I'm not <laughs> scared kidding. of the word God. I know some people are, but um, I was just giving you shit. You know, it's like I'm a human being, right? And it's chaos in here. You know, sometimes it all feels quite good and it's rainbows and unicorns, but that's very rare. You know, to be honest, I don't know if it would be surprising or not, but a lot of the time I'm like dealing with a lot of anxiety and um, sometimes unhappiness and uh, struggling to find myself and uh, maybe um, navigating relationships with people and navigating the space of being an artist and a human being and a lover and a friend. Um, it's it's wild and it's confusing. And it's all bumping around in there. Mm-hmm. Brr, you know, and... and what was that? Brr. Yeah, there we go. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, the mind space can be rather chaotic a lot of the time, but I think ultimately there's always this sort of refrain at a certain point in time um, where it's all, I don't know, funneling down to a realization of God or oneness of being or yeah. uh, the majesty of the universe, whatever your term is, you know. Um, also, funneling uh, has the word fun in it. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. There you go. And it is fun. It's a, f- yeah. So I think my, the way my mind works is it's chaos. A lot of times confused and scared and sometimes excited and having a blast, but it's all for realization of something um, greater than myself. And that's ultimately where it always ends up. So I don't know. Maybe that's, is, is that a satisfactory answer? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> uh, if you guys could go ahead and call in and let us know if John's answer was satisfactory or Yeah, not. let me know. If you didn't like it, uh, spam my comments. Tell yeah. me my answer was bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're going to get any of those. Maybe you will, though. That'd be funny. Um, I think my universe would be uh, in search of haters because uh, <laughs> I don't have any haters yet, <laughs> and I'm actually kind of sad about that. You Attention know. all haters. Come after Andrew, Guys, please. I need some trolls. I'm going to need some. He's a bad man. I'm not I'm not as good as you, you think I am. Or I'm not <laughs> as benign or like uninteresting as <laughs> don't look over me. No. Um, I don't know what it would be called, honestly. Uh, again, I'm, I'm still, I'm really stumped. I think that the whole idea of a mindscape giving a mindscape a name no offense ashley um we love you and your support but i don't really vibe with naming things like that that it maybe it'd be called uh the unnameable yeah unspeakable truth of life (laughs) unspeakable truth of life that sounds deep right (laughs) i generally find like what would it be like was the second part of that Oh, question. what would it be like? Yeah, what would it be like? Well, I think it'd be like a lot like your mindscape or yeah, maybe some other people's mindscapes. Probably terrifying. Terrifying. Um, uh, euphoric. 
exalted, mm-hmm. scared, sad, hilarious, hopefully mostly hilarious um, and exalted mm-hmm. is my hope. But, you know, look, everybody, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, every artist, everyone you may look up to, you being the listener at large, uh, they all have problems. That's, it's might not be news, uh, but, you know, maybe it is. Everybody has their own set of ups and downs and black holes and supernovas in their Mm-hmm. their mindscape universe so you know i think it would just it would probably be an exact replica of the actual universe living inside my mind right because i think that's Fra- what everybody has nature of reality yeah, we have a bit of a, yeah we have like a cross section mm-hmm. of the world inside us um yeah, the external world is, <clears throat> it's just a mirror of what's inside. Yeah. You know, it contains the most beautiful things. It creates, it has, you know, beautiful, majestic mountains and beautiful sunsets on the beach. And it also has war. Yeah. And famine and everything in between. Yeah. It so. has, you know, plants, um, I'm trying way too hard to think of something clever. It's got plants in it. It's got plants, mostly plants. Listen to plants. Seriously. Oh man, Ashley, you asked the question. We should have we should have screened that question because now we got to end on a I feel like Ashley's a, like, Ashley's mind state is probably just like yay. Yeah, like, she's like, she just I'm seemed, glad they answered. She just seems like such a nice person. Like, all yeah. the art is super fun. And but like I'm, I'm sure, Ashley, I mean, yeah, I don't know you, but you probably go through your trials and tribulations as well. That's true. Everyone's going through it. Yeah. It's a thing. Our minds are fucking squirrely. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, there's a balance of what heart space and mind yeah. space. Right. I think... It's this funny thing, right, where the mind space is interesting because it's always changing and sometimes it feels really great. Sometimes it, you know, lately for me, it hasn't really felt that great. And what I find interesting is that like, um, no matter how much your reality kind of changes, you know, like, uh, move maybe you move to a nicer place and you have better friends and you're more successful, <sighs> your mind is this Still, a, is this just a made up story? Here? No, it's oh. mine. Yeah, okay. It's my story. <laughs> so, you know, like I've never had, I've never lived in such a nice place. I've never had such great friends. Um, I've, I f- feel kind of successful as an artist and everything, but my mind is still, it, it, you know, my mind is still a squirrely, crazy, nutty thing. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, if you're neurotic, you're kind of always going to be neurotic. But um, there's there's like a deeper sense of knowing that I think maybe you feel in your heart or something like that. Right. That uh, kind of transcends the whole thing. And then you can just, you can love it all. You start, yeah. you start to, instead of not wanting to be crazy, you love your craziness. Yeah. And then you're free. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I, think I found a, uh, a title. Um I think it'd be called 
In search of peace. Ooh. The mist calls from the heart space. Damn. <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's it. All right. I feel better about it. I just wrapped the fucking bow on that one. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley, for those questions. Those were fun. Yeah. That was, um, that was really fun. Well, those are all the questions we have received thus far. Send uh, us more. Send us more. We liked doing this. And if you guys like listening to us uh, ramble and say uh a lot, you know, yeah. keep that shit coming. Yeah, I hope this was interesting. I mean, yeah. And um, if it's not, if, you know, if we don't get any more ask us anything, we'll, uh, know, we'll know to never do this again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fun experiment. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you guys for yeah. tuning in for a, to a, uh, yeah. and we'll <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're not going to end on that. I really wanted to. John was like, nah. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in to another episode yeah. of RTAF. Uh, we love y'all, and we appreciate your interest and attention. Yeah, thank you so much. We sincerely appreciate you listening and contributing you know hopefully we get to do more of this and bye <laughs> well well we'll see you later later thanks for listening to another episode of rcaf podcast for additional images and notes on this episode you can check out our website rcafpodcast.com and you can find me andrew norris at andrew.norris.arts on instagram and andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. I also have links on my website to episodes as well as all my best paintings. And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at johnspeaker. And on Facebook, johnspeakerart. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.